Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 225. Today is May 3rd, 2023. Yes, I know the date is wrong, but those that have been watching every single episode last week and now this week, you know that we are currently in Israel, which is amazing. I can't wait to bring testimony back, but we wanted to make sure you guys had at least a couple of episodes a week, a few episodes a week of Elijah Fire while we're gone. So we pre-recorded all these for you guys and all of them have been amazing. Um, and today is going to be no less amazing. So uh, today is Wednesday, Monday, May 8th. We will be back at five days a week. I will be jet lagged, but um, I'll be happy to be back and seeing all of you wonderful people in the chat live. Um, also, uh, if you guys listen to or normally like to listen to podcasts we have uh, the elijah fire podcast on uh google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, and spotify as well as a plethora of many other podcast streaming sites however you call them hosting sites podcast hosting sites um but if you guys are listening on spotify you guys aren't following us yet go ahead and follow us that'll really help us out and then if you're listening on the spotify app you can give us an honest review rate us fours and fives are the only ones that are acceptable. All right. Let's just be honest here. Um, but we really appreciate that you guys. And of course, wherever you guys are listening to this podcast, you can rate us there as well. So, all right. I think that's it. Um, we got a lot to talk about a lot of great stuff. My guest, especially for those who don't know who she is, she's an author of her latest book, actually saturate, which is fantastic. We're going to be talking about some stuff that is actually in this book, um, as well. Uh, she's also a revivalist a missionary, and she's the director of Saturate Global. Let's give it up for my guest today, Jesse Green. Jesse Green, hello. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Fantastic. I am currently in Israel. How crazy is that that we're doing? <laughs> You're this? like in two places at the I'm same time. <laughs> at the same time. Crazy, crazy. So, okay, um, you've got a lot going on. You know, we've been uh, talking to several people that were uh, in the Pasadena revival. Um, you know, you were down there. Um, there's a lot of other stuff going on. I mean, you also just released a word about Crossroads, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, stemmed out of your time down in California, correct? Was yes. That, okay. Yes. Yeah. Totally. All right. Well, let's yeah. jump into it. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually have the benefit, um, and I never take it lightly, that we get to travel all around the nation. And uh, when I'm there, I'm really intentional about praying for what the Lord is doing on a national level, as well as on like a statewide level. Because I do think it's really important. I know this sounds silly and maybe obvious, but um, the way that our government works in America is states actually do have some control over how they navigate things. And then there is obviously the national um, legislations that happen as well. So obviously, I think a lot of times when the Lord is doing something, he does do things on a regional level, as well as a national level, and then obviously a global level. Sure. And so um, when I was in California, um, we were actually there for almost 28 days total, wow. which is really crazy. We actually ended up having to pull our children out of school and homeschooling them um, because just responding to what the Lord was asking us to do. Um, and uh, as I was praying, 
I actually believe that I got a national word. So I got the word in California, but I do believe that it's a national word. And I just always want to clarify that. Um, but that being said, I do want to pay attention that I got it in California, which means that I actually think that California is a big part of the national word. Mm. So, um, that being said, I was praying and I really felt this burning, um, overwhelming sense from the Holy spirit that he just kept reiterating, like, we're at a crossroad, we're at a crossroad. And I just kept meditating on it all day. It was like, I couldn't get out of the thought. And then it was like, um, it's like, it just kept coming up all day. Different people mm -hmm. were bringing up random things and I couldn't avoid it. And as I prayed into the word, you know, um, a lot of times I've been saying for the last two years that we're in the very beginning stages of revival. I believe um, in 2020, we really started to see a lot of the outpourings and it's really been happening all around the nation. If you look on social media, there's lots of revival ministries being birthed, even just an interest mm -hmm. in revival, which is an indicator that you're in one. Um, and yet I was like, okay, well, a big thing for prophets to know is the Kairos time. What is the actual time that we're in right now? And the Lord said to me, he said, Jesse, we're at a crossroad. We're no longer at the beginning stage of revival mm -hmm. that um, this is now uh, one of those. Uh, I feel like the fear of God saying it, but this is one of those pivotal times where the church actually decides what it is that we want. So the Lord has been pouring out his spirit in a greater measure. We're seeing more repentance, more healings, more deliverance, more baptisms, more outbreakings of his spirit than ever before. I can tell you hundreds of accounts that you can follow that are reporting moves of God. It's not happening in one city or with one ministry. It's literally all over. But I believe that we're at this crossroad where if a majority of the nation doesn't return to the Lord and pray. And if the church doesn't reprioritize, and when I say prioritize, I mean like central focus, um, make Jesus the central focus of their devotion. Um, we can either go into full stream revival, reformation and Renaissance, or we can be a nation under judgment. Yeah. And we, right now we are literally standing at the fork in the road, like yeah. as of like this season right now. Yikes. Exciting, <laughs> right? Exciting. Well, it's like, yeah, it's either like awesome or, or like horrible. <laughs> ooh, stop, stop. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not, um, you know, we were talking backstage that I do see a, um, and I've, people who listen to this show are, are very aware of me pointing this out, but that there is an, there's an obvious hunger within people or this prompting of like, man, I just got to, whether it's trauma, whether it's sin, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, um, there's this hunger and desire within people right now to be like, man, I just got to like clean house, like I just a clean vessel for the Lord. And it's almost like this preparation. Um, which does tie into, um, you know, your seven waves prophecy, um, national repentance is one of those waves. Um, but yeah, it is obvious that there is a drive within people right now that God is prompting hearts to get right, 
to get things right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it, I, like I've said before on this show, as we've gone through that seven waves vision, mm -hmm. I know you shared it earlier, but, um, literally that, that book saturate, I break down each wave and yeah. the Lord told me, he said, you know, the order of each wave is actually really significant. And so even as you're saying that Jeff, like the fourth wave is national repentance. And then the fifth wave is a cleaning up of house. And I don't think you can have that cleaning up of house until you have that opportunity for repentance. Yeah. And we are seeing that repentance happening widespread. I mean, I, I literally on my feed see so many videos of different movements where people are just running to the front of these mm -hmm. gatherings and meetings, yeah. crying out in repentance. But here's the thing. I think that's why we're also seeing such a massive uptick when it comes to deliverance. And um, even like, I know it sounds weird, but even like spiritual disciplines and like basic like spiritual formation stuff, because people are like, okay, I ran to the front. I repented. I don't want to do things my own way anymore. But then they go back home and their life is chaos and they're still tormented and they don't know how to actually like continue living a life of repentance. And that's where that cleaning up of house um, is vital. Otherwise you'll just continue to go back into your old way of living. Yeah. And so you said something, Jeff, that was so, I don't know if you even meant to say it, but. I um, often don't, it just comes out. <laughs> yeah. I love when God does that, but yeah. you actually, so the verse I had like on my computer, as you're talking about the repentance thing, um, I, I brought up Luke three cause it's my favorite chapter about repentance. And Luke three is when we see John the Baptist preparing the way. Mm. And, uh, we see that in all of the gospels, but there's a beautiful thing that we see in Luke three that makes the other gospels different. And it's the fact that, um, he says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Mm. And I feel like that's such a massive um, honestly, a massive secret key to this next generation and this next move of God is not just repenting in a gathering, but keeping the fruit of repentance and living a lifestyle of repentance. And what we see John the Baptist does is, you know, several different types of people come up to him and they say, well, what should I do? And he actually has a different response for every group of people people. So there's not just like a one size fits all for everyone. And I would just encourage anyone that's listening to this right now. Um, this is a time to really search out the Lord, but actually ask him, like, what do you need to do to prepare in yourself um, to make sure that like you've kept the, maybe that fallow hardened part of your heart, you've kept that soft and allowed the Holy Spirit to continue to work in you because I mean, I, I just told my husband recently, like Thursday, I found myself in the car repenting of literally just trying to do things in my own strength. And I had to pull the car over and be like, tough oh, God, forgive me. Yeah. And people don't realize like, like, okay, I have a little prophetic word. It's a baby one on this, but I actually don't think it's like the obvious, huge, massive sins that are going to take people out. It's like the tiny compromises of just self-idolatry. Wow. And I, I think that that's 
when I think about the crossroad, um, I think it's like that same temptation of Eve in the garden. It wasn't like she did something that was like an obvious sin. It was her desire to be like God. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and trying to do things in your own wisdom and your own strength and no longer relying on the Lord. And I found myself on Thursday repenting of that same thing where I was like, we just came back from a revival in Huntington. And I'm like, wow, I'm like getting into all these like logistic strategies and marketing strategies. And I like really need to take like three hours to just go close the door and pray. Man, that is huge, Jesse. Because <laughs> I think, well, honestly, um, anyone who leads anything is going to, is going to run into that. It is inevitable. Yeah. You are going, I'm not, I'm not speaking like, oh, you're going to sin. And that's just, you should just accept it. I'm just saying, as we are being sanctified in that process of sanctification, as we're, as we're walking this out, it is, it is a very sobering thing when you're leading something or you're in charge of something or you're pioneering something to come continually trust in the Lord and just go by that leading because your flesh is going to fight you on that, right? You experience that. I experience it. And I repent of that a lot, with God. <laughs> you know, as I'm, totally. you know, the, the frequency becomes much less, but, um, as you progress, but it happens, it absolutely does. So I can totally relate to that one. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is like, so I almost feel like there's a level up on that in the sense of, you know, I would actually say I'm a pretty disciplined person. Like I read my Bible regularly. I spend a lot of time with the Lord. Um, I, I like constantly am checking like on the condition of my heart, there's unforgiveness, you know, mm -hmm. I really do that stuff. I feel like pretty well. And yet, um, recently I heard the Lord saying to me, you know, Jesse, like what is about to happen and what I'm asking you to step into in this next season, what you did in that past season is not going to work. Yeah. And I was like thrown off a little bit and it was like my 5 a.m like waking up in the morning, spending a few hours with the Lord, like, isn't just going to work in this season. And I just felt like the Lord was like every single day, like I need permission to just disrupt your day. Yeah, man. And uh, I was like, what in the world? And Thursday we ended up doing evangelism at Walmart. Cause I just felt like the Lord was like, cancel your meetings and go do evangelism at Walmart. And I was like, I have like a million things to do. This is like the day before Good Friday. Like I have so much <laughs> stuff to do. And the Lord was like, no, you need to do what I'm asking you to do. Man. And I think that that's what's required in this next season of consecration is even the yielding of um, just your way of doing it, which honestly is the hardest. I think it's the hardest thing. Well, you can have like a good idea, you know, is it a, is it a, to be cliche, is it a God idea though? You know what I mean? Like, totally. uh, you know, where I'm like, that is, uh, that is definitely a challenge. I, I don't know why I'm just hanging out in this topic. I, I just, I really feel that, you know, like, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Jeff, like, okay, so. I'm just going to open up that Luke three thing, but um, like one of the things that it says is this, it says um, Luke three verse 
8, he says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. This is John the Baptist. And he says, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, which basically is saying like, we're good. Like we don't need to repent. We're chosen. We're taken care of. And I think as Christians, we can do the same thing. We're like, you know, I've been baptized in the Holy spirit. I've been baptized in water. I've been following Jesus my whole life. Like we're good. And John the Baptist is basically saying like, don't do that. If you do that, you're in massive danger. And he says the ax is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Mm. And I feel like it's really important to have a healthy fear of the Lord where it's like, not just thinking like, okay, I'm a Christian. I said the sinner's prayer, like check Mark. I'm good. I repented at a crusade and I like tithed 10%, like check Mark. I'm good. But actually saying like, okay, wait, what is the fruit of my actual life look like? What kind of person am I? Do I actually love the Lord with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my strength? Do I actually love other people or am I even doing the Christian thing out of religious obligation? But my heart is like hard. I'm kind of a jerk. When it comes to social media, I'm like snarky and mean. Like, you know, because even I think in our generation, like there could be this temptation to just be like quick witted, but right. not like full of compassion. Yeah. And so I even said to my husband, Parker, like, like there is a New Yorker part of me that wants to like throw down on social media and like show everyone how like stupid they are. And like, I literally even feel like the Lord's even just provoking that of like, Hey, is this really like the way? Do you know, do you need to be right in this or can you like lay that down? And I'm like, oh, yes, I do need to be right. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. it's all the little things, Jeff. And I think that um, everyone wants like the big, massive revival, but yet their personal lives are in shambles and they're living no lifestyle of actually fruit of following Jesus. Mm, yeah. So it's, uh, what I'm hearing you say is it's a lot like we do have a tendency to get into autopilot where we're like, all right, I got this. I got that. I know totally. the brain. Okay. Switch it autopilot and I can do other things. But in this next season, um, you know, the things that we knew, like you were saying, the Lord said to you, Jesse, the things that you did, the ways you did things in the last season aren't going to work now. And so it's almost right. like the terrain is changing and to stay on autopilot is going to be uh, uh, very bad um, to stay that way. Um, but let's go back to the California, the crossroads specifically, because backstage you were talking about how I really want to hit in. Um, you know, you felt like this is a national word, but it kind of originated in California, in California. You were saying backstage that you believed that California is kind of pivotal to this. And to me, that's not surprising, right? Because I always right. say that, that um, California specifically um, Southern California is the, the uh, kind of the media capital of the world, the arts and entertainment capital of the world. And they influence so much within the world, even just within the film industry, the music industry, all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So I would love to hear a little bit more about California specifically. I know we got a lot of Californians, a lot of people that have a heart for California. So go for it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because 
And I've shared this before on here, but I do believe that the lies are clues. And when we see uh, like a massive uptick of so much like witchcraft happening on media as well, I think it's such an indicator that there really is a hunger for the supernatural, a hunger for the things of the Lord. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And uh, I I do believe um, it's funny because like California is such a weird place. Can I just say, so I lived in California for six years. I lived in Orange County, California. Um, just a few blocks away of where the Jesus people movement started. And I love California and I hate California. And it's, I always say, I'm like, I feel like sometimes Southern California is like my college boyfriend that (laughs) like keeps abusing me. And yet I keep coming back (laughs) because the thing is, is that it's, it is hard ground. And um, and I, I, that's not like a huge mystery to anyone. Right. Right. It's, it's hard ground. There's a lot of witchcraft. There's a lot of, honestly, of strongholds and principalities that have taken root in California. Mm-hmm. And it, I very much believe that that remnant word that's been floating around the last two years, I actually believe the remnant word is not a national word. I believe the remnant word is a word for like, Washington, New York, and California, because in places like Florida, the Carolinas and Texas, like Holy Spirit filled believers are not really remnant. Like there's a lot of them. Mm. And yet there really is this remnant of in Washington, New York, and California specifically of sold out believers, but they are remnant and they're like holding the ground And I actually encourage people a lot. I'm like, if you know people in New York, if you know people in California and you know people in Washington that are not compromising, that are like all in for the gospel and they're like going for it and the Lord's given them a grace to keep persevering, like we need to actually support those people. Hmm. Like we actually need to be the body that like raises up their arms And like helps encourage them because they're getting hit on all different fronts and they're getting hit financially more than the rest of the nation is. They're getting hit spiritually more than the rest of the nation is. And then honestly, just the swirl of the environments. And so um, I know you've had on here before, like Ross and Joel from Mm -hmm. California Be Saved, who are good friends of ours. And, you know, I feel an assignment to regularly intercede for them, to regularly like support them. You know, we've just sent some money over to them, like financially to actually be like, keep going, we're with you. And I think that's something that's part of the crossroad thing is as a nation, we can't just keep talking about revival. We can't keep posting about it on social media. We actually need to find the people that are paying the price and actually risking everything and putting all of their eggs in that basket. And we actually need to say, like, we're with you. We're going to support you. Even like live streams like Elijah Fire and many others that are trying to get these messages of God out. Like we actually I know that people don't like this, but we actually financially 
need to sow seed into these things, not because these ministries necessarily need the money, but because the condition of our hearts and our faith of what we say we're believing for mm -hmm. needs to be backed up by our finances because yeah. that's the number one idol in our nation. Yep. Yeah, it is. My job. <laughs> Ooh. I'm very passionate about it because yeah. I'll be, can I just be blunt, Jeff? You can always be blunt. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest pet peeve. I think I've cried over like a hundred hours on this. Like I've sat with so many people that have been praying for revival and they won't sow a dollar into, I'm not even talking about my ministry. I'm talking about, I'll tell them so into other ministries and they will give a million excuses as to why they can't. Wow. And it, like, honestly, it's so heart wrenching to watch the body withhold from the Lord in that way. When I just think that everything could be multiplied and the impact could be multiplied to such an extensive degree if we could just lay down this, um, honestly, this very pervasive idol of consumerism that many of us are plagued by. And um, I always tell people, I'm like, if you don't want to give, um, if you're not like when you get your money, if you're not thinking like, where am I supposed to sow this? How am I supposed to be multiplying what the Lord's doing with this income? Um, you still believe then that it's all yours. And yeah. I think there's... Um, I don't know. I think that money is like the number one indicator of showing us what we actually care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think it's really important to give. And it's, it is a sad thing. You know, I've heard this for years, Jesse, of like pastors, they'll talk privately. I've talked to some privately or leaders privately, and there's just these blacklist messages that they can't give to their congregation because they'll lose where people will get upset. And anytime here in America specifically, I mean, I was in missions. I raised support. I know what it's <laughs> like. People get weird. People get yeah. weird. And anytime I have supported a missionary, I tell them, I want to get, I just elephant in the room. I'm like, you do not have to feel awkward about talking to me about money. Like you don't. Um, and I'll, I'll say it numerous times because they'll be like, ha ha. Yeah. And then like, they're super <laughs> awkward still. And I'll, I'll say it multiple times over the course yeah. of however long, just saying like, you don't have to be awkward. And so if they take me out, they're like, Hey, Hey, how are you doing? I just want to, I just want to uh, get a coffee take, take you out for coffee. And I will be the one to just like rip off the bandaid and I'll be like, let's, <laughs> you don't need to be awkward about this. I, I think here yeah. in the West, especially we get very uncomfortable when it comes to money and it's because we hold it in such high regard, but totally. my life, Jesse, I know you and Parker are the same way, but with Lauren and myself, God, when God says he's going to provide for you, he means it. Yes. And sometimes it'll go down to the wire, right? Always. Sometimes it'll, <laughs> sometimes it'll, sometimes it'll go past the wire, um, yeah. you know, and it's very uncomfortable, but your faith in those moments, it's like, turbocharged and it's like this massive swell of growth that happens when when you get put in a position like that and i've had people and i i'm i am sure you have plenty of stories but i've been in situations where my wife and i are trusting for something and we've had 
people we really love and care about Christians, professing Christians come up to us and talk about how foolish we're being. This is not of God. And right. I recently just shared like a, a story of um, a major provision God gave us um, several years back. Um, but um, it's really important and we're supposed to be generous. We're supposed to give. So yeah, I 100% agree with everything you're saying. Yeah, I do think, and it's, uh, it's funny because you can read like a lot of the old revival history books. If you read the stories of like Catherine Coleman and Smith Wigglesworth and Charles Finney and Amy Simple McPherson and all these amazing people, right? You see almost like clockwork, like in every one of these stories, it's like when a place breaks open in generosity, all of a sudden there's unity in the body and people start caring for one another. And the spirit of hospitality breaks open and the Lord, there's multiplied miracles. And then like provision comes out of nowhere. And like, you get into that, like secret sauce of like, Whoa, we are like in a move of God, but it's weird how often like a prayer and people actually increasing their time and hunger for prayer, as well as sowing where it hurts. And yeah, that's good. I think that's like that's part of the crossroad. Because here's the thing: um, I think we're at the point now where the last two years, the Lord has heard us. He's been pouring out His Spirit. We like, it's with like, if you don't see what the Lord is doing, like right now you're living under a box because there's so much that he's doing everywhere. Right. And yet I believe that he is desperately waiting for us to, um, actually back up. Like it says in the word, but back up our words with action. Yeah. And I think that that's, Honestly, Jeff, the last three months traveling around, um, been to several different states and I think I'm in shock how much there's much talk and very little action coming from the body. Um, and it's honestly like, it's, it's super heart wrenching to be oh, honest. Bet. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I'm not surprised and I'm not trying to be cynical or anything, but I just think. That is sadly the American way, you know, or the Western right. way. We talk a lot about ideas and, oh, let's, you know, and, and look, like when I was, um, you know, it's just like 10 years ago now, flirted with progressive Christianity and God was like, oh, hang on, you're listening <laughs> to a false teacher. Um, and um, there's this. It's like the mind becomes the God, you know, where it's like the, the, wow. the unanswered questions or like things that God is very clear on in scripture. Wow. You suddenly take and you go, well, let's unpack that. What does he really mean? And so you idolize wow. the questions. And then if you, if you formulate answers and solutions and mobilize, that's actually condemned. You get ostracized. Totally. So, totally. um, that wow. is, you know, and then it's like, we go like, oh, that guy's weird. Jesse's weird. We don't want to, she makes <laughs> us feel uncomfortable. So don't talk to her or make eye contact because she can smell fear. You know, like it's just like, <laughs> you know, and so I think I, there is this weird thing within us and, and that's not kingdom. Right. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, God keeps bringing that up and it's through conversations on Elijah fire, but also just my own time with the Lord of just like, 
hey man, these things in your life, they have to go. These are not kingdom. Right. And maybe, and, and they might even be good things um, when they're not ruling your life, you know? So good. So, yeah. I mean, even like, okay, so there's the verse that people always quote. Um, and uh, let me pull it up. So let's see. So 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 through 5, it says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And I literally had this thought today, Jeff. I like there is that New York salty side of me where I'm watching everyone post, um, cause this is obviously pre-recorded. I was watching everyone post their Easter Sunday services. And I had this like flickering thought go through my head in regards to a revival in America. And I thought, I wonder how many services across the nation talked about the resurrection of Jesus, but didn't demonstrate the power of the resurrection wow. of Jesus. Yeah. And I was like, there alone is our indicator of how far we've fallen from the early church. Because when they talked about the gospel, and I can feel the presence of God right now as mm -hmm. I'm really saying this, yeah. as they talked about the gospel, they would greet one another and they would say, Jesus is who he says he was. We saw him resurrect. All these other people saw him resurrect. And now we're full of the Holy Spirit and we're going to pray for you. We're going to cast out demons. We're going to heal the sick. And I, and I, we always talk about like, oh, we want the Axe Church back in America. We want the, we want it to be like the early church. No, we don't. We <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. We want to have eggs drop out of a helicopter and we just want to have a church experience. Yeah. And I literally was like, wow, what a good little like check. I wonder, honestly, I, Jeff, these are the things I think about at night, but I was like, I wonder how many. Easter, Resurrection Sunday, whatever you want to call it, services, actually we're like, okay, Jesus is alive. That is why we're here today. So if you are sick or you're struggling with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, come up to the front and we're going to show you how powerful the resurrection of Jesus is, you know? And mm. I think it's just there again, it shows us we talk a lot about revival. We talk a lot about resurrection. We talk a lot about the gospel, but we are not matching our actions with the things that we say we believe, man. And there's no condemnation in it, but it is an invitation. But it is like, convicting. Like well, if it's not, if that's it, not it convicting, should be, yeah. Then, yeah, you know, yeah. well, I think it's convicting for me where I'm like, you know, I, one of the things I say to my assistant all the time is I'm like, man, I really need to read more books. And go to more events where people are being miraculously healed because I look at my actions, not just what I say. And I'm like, I, in my mind, believe that God can heal the sick. But obviously, I don't really believe that because I would be at a hospital every day if I truly believed yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I know. It's like, I know. But here's the thing, though. I definitely know I believe in deliverance yeah. because if I see someone depressed, if I see someone like 
acting weird, I will right then and there cast out that demon. So I'm like, okay, I know that actually I believe those things because of my actions back that belief. But when it comes to healing, I need to still grow in that area of faith because I'm not going to places where people are sick. Yeah. And so I think it's constantly good to do little, um, not heart checks, but life checks. Does your life um, match the fruit? Because like it says in Luke 3, the the axe is at the root. And um, I think it's one of those things where we can say we believe in revival mm-hmm. and yet we don't even show up to the prayer meeting. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing that I appreciate about you, Jesse, is that there is an acknowledgement within yourself, you know, like, hey, this, you know, you're not coming at it from this place of like, I've got it all together. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know, and um, there is a measure of humility that comes from it. And that's through your transparency. And that's through saying, like, this is what we should be doing. And guys, I'm kind of kind of sucking in this area, kind of not doing great, you know? Um, And I think that that it, yeah. Uh, I think Jeff though, what you're saying too, is like, it's so important because um, I think we have, again, it's a crossroad, not just nationally, it's a crossroad in our own heart because I could either like, okay, I could either look at the healing stuff. We'll just use that as an example. Right. mm -hmm. So I I've seen, I've prayed for a few people and seen them miraculously healed, but I know from my study of scripture and my study of revival history that there's more available, but I could either take the one crossroad of death, which is like, you know what? I'm just not anointed in healing or it's not my passion or it's not my calling or I haven't been trained enough. And I could go down that crossroad of apathy or I could go into the the lane of hunger and life where the Lord says, come to me. And, you know, he says, if you seek me, I will be found by you. Mm -hmm. And in him is all healing because he is the healer. And so I'm like, okay, that instead of becoming apathetic and being like, oh, not my gift, not my calling. There's so many other people that do healing. They can do that. And I'll do evangelism and this stuff. Instead, I can choose to go towards the lane of hunger that's like, you know, I sign up and pay. I speak at several, hundreds of places all the time. And I still pay to go to conferences to learn where I am not strong, where I am not weak, like where I have weaknesses, where people are better at things than I am or more hungry. Mm-hmm. And I allow their passion to increase the passion in me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And something that I uh, heard Bobby Connor say recently, uh, he was telling a story about um, this was back in the day and he was, you know, a, a Baptist preacher and and he was like going to do this event and he was going to invite all these Baptists to come and experience the power of God. And he's looking out behind the crowd and everyone was just like, like that, you know, <laughs> and he's like, uh, he started sweating and God said, boy, you're going to look real stupid if I don't show up and don't you forget it, you know? And I think that that's so good. I was just like, that really stuck with me because I think that hits on where a lot of us are, where we don't want to look stupid. And I do get it. There is that whole thing of like, well, I also don't want this person to get false hope. What if God doesn't heal them? And I'm like, where's 
that's not faith at all. And I'm constantly in that tension, Jesse, like, just like, right. Shut up, go do it. (laughs) (laughs) So honestly, it's like, we just can't even afford to have those kinds of thoughts go through our head. Because the thing is, is your flesh is already resistant Mm -hmm. to any kind of risk, any kind of like fear of rejection. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. So you almost have to put like all of your faith in the fact that like, well, what if it does happen? What if the Lord does move through me? And, uh, I I think it's one of those things too where I do believe there's this invitation honestly where you know many people are full of the Holy Spirit and yet they're still not moving in power they're still not moving in the supernatural and I just believe that they just need to start taking some faith action to just back up the things that the Lord has already promised them. So they don't need another impartation. Mm, They don't need to go like, they just need to actually just believe that they've received the thing that they say that they believe that they received. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So, you know, you were talking about how, you know, people have gone to these revival events and they're, um, you know, they may have a powerful encounter. They may get delivered, um, you know, get filled with the Holy Spirit, all, all of that, baptized in the Holy Spirit, all that stuff. Um, and then they go home and their lives don't reflect or their world doesn't reflect and they may allow themselves to get bogged down. And I saw a note here um, within the notes saying spiritual refuges being established across the nation. And I really see like, yeah, revival, but then also making disciples, right? Like there, yes. we can't just ha- give people an encounter and then that survived the day. Cause I know, and you know, and plenty of other people know, like the, the, the high of seeing God move in a situation, it's not sustainable. You need a perpetual right. motion. You need to continually walk forward. Um, right. and, um, relying on one singular like thing where you saw God heal someone. Like I saw a guy's ACL get healed and the doctor said he'd never play again. You know, never play basketball again. He would be like kind of a gimp. And then like he totally got healed in the moment. And he was like doing wow. single leg squats on the leg, <laughs> like all that stuff. Right. Yeah. The high of that moment though is gone. Like I can remember right. every detail. It's amazing. I'm still like, God, that was amazing. But the high that we felt in that moment, it's not sustainable. We can't utilize that, you know, um, as the place of sustaining. We need to condition our bodies differently, our spirit man differently. So that's where discipleship comes in. So I wanted to hear you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think too. And uh, this is something I think people don't really prioritize, especially in our generation. Millennials and Gen Z, I think, um, are the biggest culprits of this is actually prioritizing. And when I say prioritizing, I mean like making it the most important of actually having people in life that you're running with Mm. that are on fire. Yeah. And I get, I'm sure you get this too, Jeff. I get so many messages where people are like, I live in blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I'm the only like Holy Spirit filled believer here. I don't have any friends. And I just like wish I was with people that were on fire. 
And I just sometimes I know that sounds like maybe harsh, but sometimes I'm like, well, then move like <laughs> go find people that you can run with, because biblically speaking, unless the Lord has said to you, like, I'm calling you by yourself to go into this place, I would say nine point nine times out of 10, we're actually supposed to be doing this with a, a crew of people. Mm. And I know like last week, like after doing these big tent meetings and baptizing 80 people, I, it is a, it's a, a huge adrenaline rush. Like you're sure. baptizing 80 people in the Pacific ocean, casting yeah, out demons. And it's, yeah. it's like, everything's like, it's like a roller coaster. And then the roller coaster comes down and you're like, what just happened? And I like, and I will always be transparent on Elijah fire with you guys. Like I came down and I was like, I don't know if I should be in ministry anymore. Should I quit? Like, I, I honestly just kind of like want to write books and like make <laughs> a garden in the back. And like, I'm kind of tired of doing this. And that's where I need my friends that I do life with that I've intentionally built a community with that they come over and they're like, what are you talking about? Remember what the Lord said? Remember this? And they stir, we stir one another on. Yeah. And I actually, we just, um, we're just launching a church actually in North Carolina, um, Jeff, because of the very thing that you're saying, because we were seeing so many people get saved, healed and delivered at the saturate events. And my husband was like, basically, I mean, he's like more New York than I am sometimes, but he was like, I'm so tired of seeing people come to our events every year. And they're like, they're just back to where they were over and over again. And he's like, these people need discipleship. They need like actual people. Yeah. They need some like biblical, <laughs> like, like they need some, like, they need to be in the word a little bit and they need some grounding and everything can't just be emotionally based. They actually need to have some foundation here. And so I would encourage you if you feel like, you know, you're in this up and down roller coaster when it comes to the supernatural and your spiritual life. Like I can make a whole list for you, but like go find some other people that are on fire and maybe like go there until you're like, I know I'm on fire. And then you can go to a hard, desolate place. Yeah. And <laughs> well, and that's why we need the fivefold fivefold so desperately. Like we need so the good, church yes. to come together because if yes. you think about like, if you're running a church and you're, you default as an evangelist, right. Other than flipping everybody off all the time, you know, yeah. you like, if you imagine a hand with just a middle finger trying to like grab and, and do things right. that is meant on a hand that's meant to have five digits can be very difficult, you know? And so totally. that's why that's where the fivefold church comes in. And obviously there may be times of pioneering. If you are an evangelist, like, would you consider you and Parker, are, you know, are more evangelist, right? Or do you consider yourself more apostolic? What? Parker's probably more like, prophetic apostolic okay and then i'd be more like prophetic evangelist yeah so he's like a systems builder discipleship like he just wrote a book on spiritual disciplines and it, he's very much of like family and mm. order and creating order yeah and raising up leaders and i'm more like 
I don't know, just go for it. Go yeah. do it. <laughs> like, this is what he's doing. I don't know yeah. why you're 10 steps behind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But that's where the, that's why we need the fivefold because we do need to, there is a harvest, but then we yes. need to, there, there's a process of discipleship and teaching yes. and, and all of that stuff, you know? Um, so, so yeah, good. absolutely. Um, so where would you say, Jesse, you know, like, you know, we talked about that seven waves dream you had that again, you detailed on the book again, the, the link is in the description to this, you guys. And I, I've said, you know, I wrote an endorsement for it, but I, I really do feel like this is a, a great playbook. There are other ones, but I do believe that, oh, there's a saturate sticker in there too. Wow. Um, <laughs> it just like fell out. I was like, Free bonus. Oh, well, I'm going to put on my water bottle. Um, yeah, but, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a great playbook for where we're at right now, you guys. And you can see. You, you know, we've been talking about this, Jesse, for what, a year ish, yeah. you know, but um, we've been, you can see what Jesse, Jesse, what you write in here, you can see it, you can see it playing out right now. Um, but, you know, we did the first wave, which is wheat and tares, the wheat and the tares, and that really started in 2020. And then it was the second wave was the resurrection of the unborn. And that was really earmarked by the downturning of Roe v. Wade. Which is crazy because I think we did a broadcast like right either before or after. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think that it happened. Right. Yeah, no, it was. I think it was right. Yeah, I would need to go back, but yeah, it was around that time. It's pretty cool. Um, it's kind of been fun on the Elijah Fire journey of like as each wave approaches. Mm -hmm. I'm like, here we are now. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, the third wave is the prophetic showdown. The fourth wave is national repentance. I'm curious if you have any insight into where we're at, because we talked about how there was kind of this, like, it does feel, even though there's crazy things happening in the world, depending on where you're looking and, you know, but it does feel like there is this kind of calm before the storm. So I would love to hear your thoughts, just kind of a, yeah. an update on where we're at in terms of those waves. Curious. Yeah, I actually believe that we are in between the third and fourth wave right now. So um, I actually believe that um, so the third wave is the prophetic showdown. And I believe that there's going to be and we've already been seeing it already. And we've talked about this several times, but just a massive uptick with just outright evil, like things you just never could imagine being public on display, just being like in your face. In your face. And we've seen that very much in your face, just evil. I mean, even like when I talk to some Gen Xers and boomers, they cannot believe some of the stuff that's permissible in culture, right? Like it's so aggressive. And yet, um, I think still we're on the very precipice of some prophets actually moving in levels of power. I mean, even like um, that deliverance movie that came out, that come out in Jesus name. Yeah. Like to be honest, like sort of weird that there's like a movie out about deliverance. Like who would have thought? And <laughs> I just think that like, I never would have thought last year or a year before if you're like, people are going to go see a movie about casting out demons. I'd be like, why? That's like, seems weird. But I think that's part of the prophetic showdown is the wild displays of the powers of darkness and then the powers of God are going to be in the face of every single citizen in the nation where they're going to have to decide I'm either on the darkness side 
or I'm on the power of God side, but I'm not in the middle. Right. Yeah. And, and that I think is part of what re- leads to the national repentance, Jeff, which I think we're in the very early stages of that. We're, we saw that at Asbury. We've seen that up and down California. Um, when we did the Pasadena revival, there was so much just, it broke out in repentance, just people openly confessing of like horrendous sin just in public because they had to get it out. I mean, we're discipling several like famous TikTokers and celebrities behind the scenes right now that are repenting of like real crazy stuff um, that we obviously can't share publicly, but like Hollywood is getting saved behind the scenes, but because the power of God is at such a display where they're like, Okay, so I've been dabbling in this stuff and I'm terrified and the demons are turning on me. So what do I do? And these are like people with multi-million followers, sold out concert tours and are experiencing real supernatural things. We just don't see it all in the public yet. Mm -hmm. And so um, I believe as some of these stories start to leak out, um, again, that creates a wave of repentance where people are like, oh, that's me too. I'm living in darkness too. Oh, like the witchcraft that I'm watching on TikTok every day is starting to have like a bad effect on me. Like I manifesting all of my dreams are actually opening up curses every day in my life. Yeah. And I have no idea what I've opened up myself to. So like Luke 3 says, I think we will all have that response is when you see the power of God, when the Holy Spirit says in the word, the Holy Spirit leads us into repentance that we will all cry out and just say, what must I do? Hmm. And we'll turn back to the Lord. Um, but we're in, we're again in the very beginning stages of that. Yeah. So um, I guess to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying there, there's another point you were talking about the importance of time off your phone, prayer retreats, spiritual escapes with God. And we talked a little bit about this a, a backstage, but let's talk about that too. The importance of that. Yeah. So it's funny because I once shared on Elijah fire, um, this like three P's word that I had. And one mm-hmm. of it was about your calendar actually, and like prioritizing certain things in your life. And I personally, so a lot of times, um, some of the ways the Lord speaks to me prophetically is he deals with me about it first. And, uh, I have found more than ever, especially this year, this drawing and this like wooing of the Holy Spirit to get off my phone. And like you, Jeff, like a lot of what I do is actually on media. Mm -hmm. So um, it's actually like it costs me a lot financially um, to to step off. And I've been finding the Lord saying, like, I actually want you to take three hours and go to the beach and bring your kids to the beach. And I want you to just pray on the beach for three hours and be off your phone. Or for this week, I don't want you to post anything. And I'm like, we're having a huge event. Like, of course I need to post about it. And the Lord's like, don't post about it, which feels like the opposite of what you should be doing. (laughs) Yeah. And there's again, Oh, it's so hard. There's a temptation to do things the way that everyone says is the right way to do it. Oh my goodness. Yes. And especially for those in ministry, like I, 
it's, I'm like, I know I have to do X, Y amount of posts, do a certain amount of videos. And all of my like closest friends have over a hundred thousand followers on YouTube. And they're like, Jesse, just do X, Y, and Z. And I'll start to do it. And then the Lord's like, nope, you're not allowed to do that anymore. And uh, it's so crucifying to the flesh. But I found that the more important thing for me is that I want to maintain that fullness of my relationship with the Lord. And honestly, like I know I was called to be a revivalist. And so for me, like where I'm actually at with the Holy Spirit in how I am flowing and following the Lord and actual anointing that's moving in my life in a meeting is actually for me more important than uh, doing like sometimes a YouTube or social media post. And so I think also knowing your assignment and knowing like what it is that the Lord is asking you to do and protect. Um, Cause I know for me, if I'm not in prayer for a long time and obedience to the promptings of the Holy spirit, and I do a meeting, like it sucks. Like it's mm. horrible. Like yeah. I can feel it's not anointed. Parker's like, that wasn't anointed. I don't know. Yeah. So I think there's, um, it's just an easy temptation and it's a temptation to, um, just, I, I said it earlier, but like to just do things in your own strength. And mm-hmm. so, um, being off the grid and prioritizing, um, just rest and, um, new rhythms, I think is essential in this season. Um, I've said this before, but I actually do believe that politically and this is I'm not trying to scare anyone. I don't like to use scare tactics, but Mm -hmm. I do believe economically, politically and culturally um, this next two years is going to be very intense. Oh, and without question. Yeah. And I try. I'm like, I feel like people have no idea like what's coming, but I just think that we need to have such an ability to be able to shut off from the swirl of what's happening and know and be trained to know how to quickly get into the secret place to hear from the Lord because it's going to be confusing what you think is true. You're not going to really be able to decipher Mm -hmm. your feelings. And like for all of my feeler friends out there, I'm a feeler too. That stuff is just going to be messed with. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like I keep I'm not looking forward like, to that either. Yeah. No. Well, OK, <laughs> let me rephrase it. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, let's go through a season like that. But we, I mean, we know we know how to combat that. Right. Is spending t- that time in the secret place because the currency uh, of, of the devil of hell is fear and that is rampant and it's going to become even more so if we're right looking to these places and be like well i want to keep tabs on everything and i, I gotta know you're never going to know everything and that's a bottomless pit that whole thing of like well i gotta keep tabs on all the things happening around the world and i gotta th- that's fear that they're going to be peddling right. fear and if we're supposed to be operating in faith and hope and love you know and operating in the fruits of the spirit um, you can't go to that. It's like going to like, well, I'm, I want to eat healthy. Okay. Well, I'm going to start eating junk food and, I'm, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll get healthy. Like, I'm going to uh, get the, the McDonald's salads. <laughs> yeah. The McDonald's salads. Yes. You know, but with a milkshake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes.
No. Um, I always laugh when I see people do that. When they get like a Big Mac and French fries and a Diet Coke. <laughs> or they're like, they're like eating healthy, got my salad, and then I'm going to put my dressing on there. And it's like, <laughs> and like a giant thing. Like, well, you just ruined it. Sorry. Um, yeah. All right, Josie, if we could just, if we could just take everything we talked about it and focus it in to leave people with something. Hey, in this season, focus on this. Um, I think there's a lot people get taken away from it, but if we could just kind of pull everything in. Yes. Knee jerk. What's your, what's your gut telling you? Boom. What's your spirit telling you? Boom. So it's like the most popular verse in the Bible, I think, but like John 14, six says, Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And we know that, but I believe that with that crossroad word that actually needs to become like our central focus and realizing like the only way for my ministry, the only way for my business, the only way for my relationships is through this yielded life of following Jesus. And I just want to encourage you, like, although things seem good and chill right now, like, do not take the bait to just like cross your arms and relax and just sip a pina colada at the beach. But things actually are not back to normal. Is what you're things saying? Things are not back okay. to normal. Also, like, the enemy is still the enemy, and he doesn't just chill and hang out because it's summer. Um, he <laughs> is looking to see who he can devour, and so. I just want to encourage you guys, like use this time to shore up some things, like do some intake. Like I even right now we have a revival training school here in North Carolina, and I have them doing an assessment of like watching what words they say. Mm -hmm. How often do they say I'm tired or I'm busy or I'm like stressed out? And like, what are the things that you're just saying all the time? where you don't realize like it's actually affecting your life. So use this season where culture seems a little bit more chill right now to actually refine yourself, yeah. you know, get into the secret place, get that stuff shored up and then really say to the Lord, like, what is my assignment in this season? What is it that you have for me? And put yourself on the trajectory. If you're at a crossroad right now, like, do you know, are you on the path of life or right now? Like, honest and true assessment by the evidence of your life. Are you on the path of life and leading others in the path of life or right now by the evidence and fruit of your life, not just what you say in church, by the evidence and fruit of your life, is your life headed towards destruction, rebellion? Mm -hmm. And are you bringing others in that path as well? So right now, my main takeaway would be just to do a spiritual life assessment and just see like the things that you believe. Does your life represent that to yourself, to God, as well to those around you? Do you actually live out the things that you say you believe? You know, if you're believing for a revival, by what evidence of your life is that demonstrated? It's mm, good. It's really good. All right, Jesse, pray for people. Okay. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are smarter than all of us yes. and uh, you give us clarity 
where there's confusion, you give us passion, where there is apathy. I pray that every single ember, every single fire inside every person would be ignited now in Jesus' name. I thank you that no one would be swept away, but they would be quick to repent, quick to run into the secret place. God, I believe that you are setting people on fire, Elijah fire on this. And I believe that people that are listening, that they're going to lead others into a road where this nation goes all in for the gospel, that we again would be one nation under God established under the rule and reign of Christ Jesus, and that we would no longer be talking about Resurrection Sunday, but Monday through Sunday, we would be demonstrating the resurrection power of Christ Jesus. And so for every single person that feels like they're alone, that they're isolated, that they don't have their people, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would give vision, you would give revelation, you would show people places on maps to go and right now just start to stoke the flame so that the enemy cannot even come near them. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm, come on. Amen. All right, Jesse, how can people follow you? You got all kinds of awesome stuff. Say whatever. Yes. Yeah. So obviously you can go to thegreens.co or saturateglobal.com. Um, June, we have our national camp meeting, which is our biggest event. Literally thousands of people come out for four days. We do airplane mode on the phone. We don't live stream it. So we could actually demonstrate the things we preach about. And uh, we tell people to basically come and experience revival. Um, we have deliverance, healing, baptisms for four days on our Blueberry Farm in North Carolina, as well as I'm on Instagram at jesse.green. And yeah, just give me a shout. I like love to connect with people. So whenever people DM and they're like, I saw you on Elijah Fire, I'm like, that's Aww. so cool. Awesome. <laughs> oh. Very cool. Well, Jesse, thank you so much. Always so great having yes. you on the show. I love being with you guys, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody. That is our show. Reminder, we don't have a show tomorrow. We have one on Friday. Tune in then. We've got Josh Rich back on the show. It's going to be a great show. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. God bless you guys, and we'll see you on Friday. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Oh,